Hi, I'm Rob Jeffson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders of teams who are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United, part of the Jepson Performance Group. Video segments of this and other episodes of the podcast can be found at Sales Leadership United, hosted on Patreon. Think of Sales Leadership United like a Home Depot for sales leaders. It's a comprehensive resource for sales leaders with over 100 hours of tools, training, and insights sorted and tagged into every category you might need to help you become an elite sales leader. A private podcast, sales leadership training, sales meeting insights, video insights, and much more are waiting for you to check out at Sales Leadership United. Don't reinvent sales leadership. Tap into proven tools and techniques used by many of today's most successful sales leaders and check out Sales Leadership United today. Now, get ready for some serious insights from this week's sales leader who's making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. I am really excited to introduce our next guest. Maria Bross is the Director of Sales Development for Revenue.io. Maria leads teams of inbound and outbound SDRs that help fuel the amazing growth of Revenue.io. She's been recognized by LinkedIn three times as a top 100 voice in sales, and her work building and leading sales development systems has turned more than its fair share of heads, including mine. She is an expert in coaching. She learned firsthand why coaching is so important, and it's a part of her story that I'm so excited to share with you guys today. And she's one of the people that's helping sales leaders and salespeople everywhere learn what it means to be a great coach. Maria is someone that I love following because I find her perspective to be so spot on and insightful. And so that's why I'm so pumped to have her joining us today. I promise you we're in for a real treat. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long time. Maria, welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining us. Wow, Rob. Thank you so much for that such kind introduction. I'm, well, I'm blushing here if you can't see. <laughs> <laughs> well, our people on Sales Leadership United, where we put the video snippets, they'll see. And, uh, oh, no. and, and, and so I'm excited for them to see that. No, I'll thank you, A, for joining us, and B, for being someone that has that background. We, we're super excited to have you on the show. And like you know, uh, I was trying to get you on a long time ago before you had to take a well-deserved well kind of break in the action that we'll hear from in a second. You're a brand new mom. Congratulations to that. And and you're back. Thank and you. we were so excited to have you reach out to be on our show. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, the number one podcast for sales leaders. And I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you and, and, um, and get this conversation started. Yeah, this, I'm really humbled to be here. Thank you. Well, let's just jump right in. Why don't you just start by introducing us to Revenue.io and what you guys do for your customers? Awesome. Yeah, Rob. So I've given the disclaimer. I've just started um, and taken over this role. So um, I just want to start with really the, the main challenge that we help address, right? Um, Gartner, lots of studies have shown that 90% of, of training and new information that's consumed by adults is gone in the first 30 days after you learn it, yep. right? That's so right. a lot of time is spent and wasted on training new sales reps. You can have the most engaging training program ever with the best information, best content, and then it's gone in your rep's mind 30 days later, or a lot of it is, right? So we really help address that and help you proactively coach your sales reps. I love it. Coaching is one of the things that's like a passion point for me. We talk about it almost all the time on this show. And I think that you're, you're dead on a, there is this forgetting curve that, you know, I'm sure you're well aware of, you're referred to. And most sales leaders, they think they're good at coaching, but turns out they're not right. And, uh, and sadly, there's a lot of data around it. There's tons of studies. There's some new ones that just came out that, you know, upwards of 80% of sales leaders self-identify as, Hey, I'm doing coaching and I'm good at it. But when you ask the reps that work for those people, it's less than 20% of the time do they say what I'm getting is helpful. 
And so I think it's awesome that you're helping solve that problem. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. So let's talk about you real fast. That's that's the introduction to revenue.io. I love hearing your story. How'd you get into sales? How'd that lead you to where you are? How'd that get you to sales leadership? I, I, I know you have a great background because like I said, I've been trying to get you on the show for months now. And, um, and, and, but most people didn't grow up saying I'm going to be a salesperson when I grow up, right? No, no. I think I, I wanted to be an ice cream truck driver. I think that was, that was my, my goal. I still love ice cream. Uh, maybe one day I could own an ice cream truck, but. What's your favorite flavor? <laughs> Tell me favorite ice cream. What is it? Uh, cookies and cream for sure. Good choice. What about you? Rocky Road. Ooh, yum. All right. <laughs> okay. Back to there. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So, um, but aside from ice cream, yeah, I was actually, I learned earlier on than most that I wanted to do sales. I started out in a, um internship at Nordstrom, a retail internship. I thought I wanted to do fashion merchandising. This is my sophomore year of college at University of Maryland. And wow. um, it's it turns out, yeah, like I loved clothes, I loved fashion. I thought that that's what I wanted to do, like the visual displays and things. Um, but it turns out I fell in love with sales. Um, and so that was that was one piece of it. There was um, Gallaudet University. It's, it's a suburb, you know, right outside of, of D.C. There's a, a large deaf population there um, in the D.C. area. And okay. I took American Sign Language in, in high school instead of a foreign language wow. and in college, too. Yeah, so... Um, you know, someone was came in and they needed help at, at Nordstrom and no one could really communicate with them. They were going to a wedding, but, you know, there was just this communication barrier and I stepped in and I was like, oh, I, you know, I know American Sign Language. So I went in and, and helped um, and was able to, to work with that community uh, throughout that entire sales and in, summer internship. Um, and, and it got me really excited about sales. Um, but then after that, I had a I sucked at sales. Like when I got into the tech space, to be quite honest with you, I was on a pip. Uh, you know, I was told, Hey, Maria, let's get you into marketing. Let's get you into uh, HR or something. I don't think you're cut out for this. Uh, you're too nice. You're it's not really working for you. Um, and, and it really wasn't until I thought, like, gosh, you know, maybe this is, maybe I'm not cut out for this. And I'm like, I'm going to give it one more go. I, I, I'm really going to try here. And um, I found a really great, coach, really great sales leader that invested in me and um, would get on my calls with me and would um, give me really constructive feedback that was actionable. Um, and it wasn't the, hey, Marie, you're too nice. It was, hey, let's hold your prospects accountable for what they said that they're going to do. Um, you know, let's, let's put yourself on the, on the same level as your prospects and, you know, earn their respect because you have something that you can teach them. And so, um, you know, based on that coaching and based on that feedback, I got incrementally better day after day, 1% better. And I fell in love with podcasts and, and like yours and, and books and really honing my craft. And I was like, wow, I can, I can learn how to do this. I can get better. Um, and so that's really where I fell in love with learning too. And, um, and, and yes, that's like my sales love story. <laughs> I love your story. You've told me your story before, and I really wanted our listeners to hear your story because it's a different start to the story. And you, that's how you told me before. Like everybody's like, Oh, I was in sales. I was great at it. And I got promoted. You just, I quoted you here. I I love how you said, I sucked at sales at first. And you had people saying you're too nice, which really makes me laugh. I was like laughing on the other end of this. You're too nice. Uh, Okay. You know, you're not cut out for this. Let's get you in marketing. Let's get you in, in HR. But what I love about this is you, you said you, you, someone invested in you. They developed you. They coached you. They, by the way, they didn't manage you, right? And, um, and I think that sets the story for what you and me are going to talk about for a, a little bit today. I think that's such a massive thing. It has to be a catalyst, not just for your personal success, but for your leadership success, because you've seen what if you have the role be growth and improvement rather than just hit a freaking number, right? You experienced what that did. Is that a fair thing to say? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's your spot on right there. I've, I became so passionate about it because I struggled so deeply with achieving my goals and in, in sales and um, my confidence was rocked, you know? And, and so I've, I've seen what it can do. And so it also impacts the way that I interview mm. potential salespeople too, because 
um, I like to think I can, I can see the potential and I, I hire for that character and, and drive and I can teach them the rest. So what do you think, given what you just told me, let's just start jumping into this. I want to start with the very, <laughs> very basic bare bones. Okay. So we got 30,000 sales leaders listening to us right now. I'm, I'm, I, it was only just a few months ago, I would say we got 20,000. It's just growing ridiculously fast. And I'm, I'm grateful to all these leaders that want to hear what you and me are talking about right now. But I think this question is something that every single sales leader should think about a little bit. What do you think the role of a sales leader is? I mean, your story, I think, tells me what the answer is, but I'd love to hear you say it. Like, what do you think? What's the role of the sales leader? So I, I think that it's, it's two parts, right? Because you have a responsibility to your people, your, your sales reps, and then you also have a responsibility to the customer. So I think that it's, it's twofold there. And that's, that's where I, I see like my allegiance and what I set out to do and in, in my goals. Um, so for your people, for the sales reps, for the team, I think it's really to create an environment where the team can reach their full potential and, and achieve their goals in their personal and their professional life. Um, so my job is to help you to get where you want to be, to be successful, um, for you to, you know, save up 50 grand or for that house down payment or pay for that engagement ring that you really wanted to pro- propose for your girlfriend with. Um, so like that's, that's part of it. Um, and, the other part of it is, is to the customer. It's to ensure that they're getting the best experience possible uh, from the people on your team. And, and every single interaction with your team is a valuable one, that it's a good use of their valuable time. This is such a great answer. I'm so glad I started with this, Maria. <laughs> so many people respond with what's the role of sales leader. The reason I always start with role, role dictates what you think a high value and a low value activity is. So if you think your role is to just hit a number, the activities you'll do are different than what you said. Responsible to people, responsible to customer. I love it. One is to create an environment where they can achieve what they want and they can become who they want. And then the other one is responsible to customer, provide this best experience possible. So they, they love working with, in your case, revenue.io, right? And, um, yeah. and, and I think that is such an enlightened sense of role. And it's probably why you've had so much success as a sales leader, wherever you've gone, because you're not in your first gig as a sales leader. You've been successful as a sales leader in a few, in a few uh, roles now. And I think that that's one of the reasons. And that's why I'm glad we started here because you've, you've probably had the leaders where they thought the role was just return a number, right? And what's that experience like versus one that says my role is to develop, to help Maria grow and become who she wants to become. Right. What's the difference in the experience on the on the salesperson when you have an, a leader that understands role that way? So for me, um, by the way, these are not scripted. I'm laughing because <laughs> we didn't expect to go here, but you started on my favorite topic. So I'm sorry. We're just we're just yeah. going where, where, where the conversation goes. No, I appreciate it. I think. Yeah, I think the, the difference is that I've been. I've been managed by sales managers um, where it was constantly like looking at the scoreboard and it was, all right, let's pull in a, it's in the quarter. Let's pull in any, every deal as possible. And like they were cheerleaders and that's great. Right. You need the encouragement. You need the rah, rah, you need to get the team hyped up and excited. Um, And that's kind of where it fell flat. Right. Um, But then I've also had great sales leaders where winning, hitting your goal was just the outcome. And it wasn't the goal. It was, it, it's just what happened after you put in the work, you put in the reps, you did the activities and the inputs to produce that output. And I think that that's what, you know, having a great coach as a, as a sales leader can do for the team is, is working backwards from that number. Sorry, I'm writing this stuff down. I'm burning up <laughs> notes. I, man, I, someday I'm going to have to publish all my notes from these all these yeah, interviews yeah. that we've done, man. Um, this, this is this is a fantastic insight. I love how you said winning wasn't the role; it was just the outcome, right? And mm-hmm. and I think that's really empowering. Um, because I I know that like some of the recent data that you've probably seen that I've seen 
uh, three and five salespeople are, are struggling with mental health right now, for example, and burnout is a bigger problem than it's ever been. In fact, our number one most downloaded episode last year was a, a burnout expert. It was really wow. insightful conversation. And so there's a lot of reasons why people burn out. There's a lot of reasons why people struggle with these kind of things. And, and it's because I think we have too often that it's just the perform, 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 rather than let's get better, get better and grow. Um, is, would, would that be a fair representation of what you just said? Absolutely. I think, you know, that's all you can really ask of yourself is, is to get better every day to, you know, you're going to have shortcomings. You're going to have things that, that don't go your way. There's a hell of a lot of things out of your control in sales. Um, so you have to focus on what you can control. You can focus on, um, you know, getting better uh, and, and those, the effort that you're putting into it. Right. Totally agree. So I want to go back to when you said the role, the first role, uh, was to people. And one of the first words you said, create. And then the next word you said was environment. It was about creating an environment. Can we talk about environment for a minute? Is that okay? Yeah. I I'm interested in how your experience has been in creating an environment where people choose growth. I, I have this belief that talent is a gift. Like we are given these different talents, but growth is a choice. And so as leaders, we've got to get an environment where people like part of who we are is we choose growth. And there's a lot of way, things that you run to when you choose growth. Hey, how have you been able to create environments where people choose growth? I love that distinction. I, that's, a, that's a really, really great distinction that talent is a gift. Growth is, what do you say? Growth is a choice? Growth's a choice. Yeah. You got to choose yeah. to outgrow your talent. Yeah. I love that. Um, because I Which is your story, by the way. That's what I say. That's your story. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't given much of that, uh, but but that's okay. I mean, I'm committed to growing every day, and and I think so. So your question was how you create an environment for that. Yeah, what? Yeah, that's my question. Is like you're building teams that, like you said, you said I want to create an environment where people become and achieve. Well, I go back to your story. You have all these gifts. You you were too nice. That was a gift. You're so kind. Like you're too good at connecting with the people and the emotion. And all these things. These are things you're highly skilled at and talented in. But then you said, nah, I'm going to apply those things to selling now. I'm going to get good at that. I'm going to choose to get good. That was a choice you made and you intentionally yeah. improved. You didn't accidentally get successful. You were intentionally successful. So how do you mm -hmm. build environments where people say, I'm going to be intentionally growing. Growth is my choice. If we're in the matrix, I'm taking red pill, not blue pill. I think that you, cre you create as a, as a sales leader, um, starts with you probably start rungs above above me in this role um, where you give them permission to fail right mm. and you, you see that failure as a learning opportunity and I think that that makes that's what makes sales fun is ex the experimentation aspect of it and to try new things and and that's how you grow that's how you learn from mistakes and things so I have a put a lot of effort in building like a team that's extremely vulnerable. And that starts with me sharing my own vulnerability saying, Hey, I sucked at sales too. Hey, it was tough for me to ask for the business. It was tough for me. And the quarter, there was a time I didn't hit quota. Like there's, I think just being vulnerable too sets up that environment where, especially too, it's not just me coaching the sales reps, they can teach each other. Um, like to give you an example on my, on my previous team, uh, one of the reps, Melanie, she was incredible at selling with video. Um, she'd come from BombBomb and really had this extensive knowledge and she was expert in video. I don't know anywhere as much as, as she does about video. So if someone wanted to get into prospecting with video, she led the training or I connected them together. Um, so I think that's another piece of it. It's like being vulnerable yourself and also setting up an environment where like peers can learn from each other and that that's that's something that's also win and celebrated in addition to deals coming in. So, um, so I think that, that that piece of it is huge. Yeah. I really like that. And I, I like that you're intentionally like finding ways for that to happen. And I think the concept you said of making it okay to fail and okay to like test, I, you know, one of my leadership like principles is when in doubt, send out a scout and, uh, <laughs> and give people like permission to try something new. And if it works, awesome. If it doesn't work also awesome, because we know not to do it that way, but what can we do to make it so it does? And so this environment of growth, this environment of change, I think, 
I think there's like four pillars that performance sits on and environment is a hundred percent one of them. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm thinking about environment because you went there to start and you also said getting 1% better every day. And so that's a phrase that you hear every now and then, how do you make that more than lip service? How do you make that something that you activate? Yeah. So I think for myself, it's time blocking it in my day. I mean, that's how I start my day with my coffee every morning and it gets me fired up to, to start the day and to try new things and makes every day a little bit different. So so yeah, I think that's that's one piece of it. So it's not just listening to podcasts like this or reading books, right? It's actually practicing it and, and putting it into action. And I think that's the important part of it too that a lot of people miss. Or again, like like you were saying with intention, it's not just by chance, oh, I'm going to pick up this sales book and read it at the beach. It's like, no, it's time blocked into my day. And for my team, it's like that growth time is, is time blocked in one-on-ones and also at like in team training. So that's what I was going to ask. I'm glad you finished with that. Is that something a leader should, is that part of coaching is helping them like intentionally choose how they're going to get 1% better or whatever their growth goals are? Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's, it's my job to know not only what motivates them, but what their goals are, what they're looking to achieve, whether it's like in their financial lives or like or their relationships like what does that look like and I think connecting connecting that to those goals is is really important and helping them get there so I think you're right and I think that not very many sales leaders are truly connected to what really matters to their reps I think that is a missing piece as I work with like I get I, I get to work with a lot of sales leaders and and this I call it enrollment like what do people want? Like, what are they signing up for? What are they chasing? And, you know, I, I have one thinking of one of my leaders, Maria, that we, he was trying to get better at this. And he came back to our next one-on-one. He's like, man, I try to do the enrollment. Like, what's your plan? What do you want to get better at? What are you chasing conversation? And all I got was like this, like, what are you talking about? And it was, I'm going to work as hard as I can. I'm not going to cheat. I'm going to do my job and do the, to the best of my ability. I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that it's good enough, just like last year. And he was like, how do I beat that? And so he clearly doesn't have that environment, right? I mean, I said, what that means is they're not used to having that conversation with you. How do you make that like the coaching is part of what you want? It's not just what I need from you. It's what do you want from being here? Is that part of what you do as a coach? Yeah, I, I think like, why do they want to get better, right? I can't motivate them myself. I think that we need to connect sales. We need to connect their, you know, their careers to where they want to be next. Maybe they really value career progression. Maybe they want to be a sales leader themselves. Or maybe, you know, for the, on the SDR team, maybe they want to get into customer success or marketing or, or a different field too. So it's introducing to those people. But it's like, how do we connect what we're doing in our day-to-day to that larger goal and, and break that down and help them get there. And I think that's, that's really what's going to motivate them. And it's not the same across the board. It's not for everybody, a commission check, maybe it's being a lot more efficient. So they only have to work six, seven hours a day and just do what everybody else can do in eight, 10 in less time um, so that they can spend time with their family. So it's going to be different across the board. Yeah. Now you're, now you're, now I'm really getting like, I love what you just said because you're talking about whose job is it to connect? My job. Yeah. Too many people leave it up to the salespeople to figure out how to connect what I'm doing now to where we want to go. That's why you're such, you're having so much impact. Our job is to connect where they are to where they want to be. I love how you said it. I have to connect where they want to be to what they're doing right now is what I wrote down. I, that's brilliant. And I don't hear that very often. We got to be like these alignment people that that's what we do. We're alignment specialists, right? We're, we're aligning these things. And so I think that's, that's very, uh, I think that's one of the catalysts for having someone connect to their leader when they really believe that man, Maria, like she's got my interests in mind. She knows where I'm going, trying to go. And she's, she's helping me get there. It's not Maria is trying to get out of me what she needs. So she looks good to her boss. Maria's really got my interests in mind. And so I think that is a rare thing. I I think it's easy to talk about, but I think it's harder to do because 
we're so driven by numbers. You brought up the, you brought up the leaderboards earlier in our conversation. So I want to talk about that for a second, if that's okay. <laughs> sure. Um, we're in a world that's driven by the number. We know that we got to, we sign up to fuel the growth of the company. So we have to, we have to be related to the numbers, but I, I believe there's too many of what I call spreadsheet coaches, Maria, um, that all it is, is what does the activity report say, or all it is, is what does the outcome report say? And, um, I want to get your take on, on how that works. Like what is it, is it important to move past the numbers? There's a really famous quote, like from the Godfather that says, Hey, it's nothing personal. It's strictly business. And uh, does that still apply? Is it, is there nothing personal? Is it strictly business? I mean, what, what are your thoughts around how the numbers fit into what we would call good coaching? And then what I want to do is get into your coaching blueprint and your ideas of what makes for great coaching. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, um, I think that it is, yes, it is important looking at activity metrics and understanding what are the inputs to, to get to their goal, right? Like that's, that's important because that gives some clarity around what good looks like and the job that needs to be done to get there. But um, I also think that people gain those activity metrics. Like I, <laughs> in one of my first jobs, I remember yes. sitting next to, I won't say to the, the person because they might still be in sales. I don't keep in touch with this person anymore. They were literally like, there was so much emphasis on call volume that this person was just calling down the the yellow pages, which tells you how long ago I got into sales. But he was literally just calling down the yellow pages because he wanted to have the most calls. And it's like, is that the, the activity that we want to incentivize? And I think that's probably a rare case, but um, but also- I don't know. I mean, I've seen lots noting. of people say we're going we're gonna to incent the activities that we think gets us what we want rather than the outcome. I've seen people do that before. For sure, I've seen people do that. Yeah, so so I think that that's, that's a piece of it. But also it's like someone someone on the team might be really great at video prospecting and have a really high conversion rate of, of conversations through LinkedIn or through, through video. And putting together those videos might take longer than someone that's just p- picking up the phone. So why would we have someone whose superpower is selling through video um, be you know yeah. have to make 60 dials a day you know when, yes. when their superpower is video and vice versa right so i think that you need to work with with the individual and see where they're effective and um hold them accountable to those inputs that you know is going to get them closer to their goal that that's going to be a video snippet that we call, chop up for sure <laughs> that's something that we that i hope everyone's listening to we we shouldn't just have the same coaching conversation with everyone. This is a perfect transition to what makes for good coaching. I think that the role of coaching is to create growth for sure. It's, it's creating new possibilities for sure. And I think the other thing that I, I look at is it's about creating well-lit pathways for success for mm-hmm. each individual. And that's yeah. what I love. I, I think like a rookie or that middle of the road leader, it's easy to hide behind here are the metrics, make them work for you. It's a, it seems a little riskier sometimes and it's harder like to say, here's let's individualize this. This requires me to look past the numbers, right? This requires me to know more about you. And I love that you said that. So could you start with what you think makes for good one-on-one coaching? Sure. Um, but so I think like where we started first, there has to be the environment laid out there and that culture of, of learning of growth. They have to be um, open to the feedback. And that's something that you can, you know, try to, to find out in the interview process and, and get reps that are coachable. But that's step one, right, is it, creating that environment where it's okay to fail, that everyone is vulnerable and open to sharing both their successes and their failures. They're really great cold calls that they had that book a meeting by chance and then the ones that are awful and you know that don't go well because we all know that everyone has those as well um so that's their first um and then then also with like clarity around expectations and alignment on what good looks like Uh, so and that should be based on in my opinion data of, of what's working and what's not um and and that should start in day one of training right just like very clear expectations um because Sometimes when it gets a little bit fuzzy like that, it's hard to hold team accountable and to, to measure growth uh, of the rep. So that's another piece of it. Like just 
really that culture and that environment of learning and growth um, feedback. And then from there, I think like in those one-on-ones, you can go in with, you know, looking at like, maybe you've reviewed some of the calls, maybe you've reviewed some of the things that they've done and have like some time set aside other than just like pipeline numbers and things like that of, you know, how are we going to get to our quarterly goal? Um, Just like a section in there for, Hey, here's, here's one thing that I noticed from this one call. How do you think this went? Um, And getting their feedback first um, of how a call went or, or, you know, the sales process is going right. And then, yeah, just giving your feedback about that, giving like one really actionable thing and them picking a focus themselves of, hey, I'm going to focus on giving an upfront contract in all of my discovery calls this week. That's the one thing I missed last week and lost control of the meeting. So this week, this is the one thing I want to focus on. So I think like bite-sized snippets too are also really important so that they can focus on one thing. Like don't give them a whole page worth of feedback of things that they could be doing. Let's think about one thing that's going to move the needle forward. Um, and then, and then, right. And then from there, it's like in that next meeting, let's check on that. Let's see how, how, how did it feel doing it this way? You know, what results did you see? Um, and, and following up on that and that consistency too goes a long way. So I think that's also really important. Um, and not just like dropping the ball from there and then picking a different focus in the next one-on-one. So you've just given me a one, two, three, four, five step, kind of a five, five point system. It's a framework. I love frameworks. And so I always think through the lens of frameworks. So let me say this back to you because I think this is awesome. It's first having that environment that we talked about. Then it's establishing clarity. And you brought up what good looks like more than once. So I want to dive into that a little bit because I think that's a mm-hmm. big deal. Um, the third one, I called it observations. I hope that's okay. It's like sharing your observations. And, um, as I was listening to you, it was, you talked about being prepared and doing some of your own homework and sharing what your observations were. And the reason I like that is, you know, it's very hard to prescribe if we don't diagnose first. And, um, and from those observations, you picked an emphasis point or a focus point that led to a commitment. And it was like one thing, maybe two things. And then we had accountability and consistency in that. Then we circled back and we picked the next thing, right? I really like yeah. it. It's a, it's a good framework that what I really like about it is it's based on observations and it's based on like clarity. What does good look like? So it's easy. I'm going to guess with your system that you've had here, it's probably a lot easier for people to agree on what we should be talking about rather than just like, Hey, what should we talk about today? Right. Yeah. And I think so, so often those one-on-ones are like, sales reps going to them, like rolling their eyes, like, I I really need to get on the phone. This isn't a good use of my time, but I have to do this. And so I think also, again, the role of a a sales manager to be to make the best use of your people's time. If you're taking them off the sales floor, like let's jam pack that one-on-one with, with value for them. Um, And, and so, so yeah, that's what I, I try to do. I hope I do that for the team. Okay, Maria. So I, I love everything you said. And especially that part about lots of times reps kind of rolling their eyes and they're like, why do I got to do this? I got nothing more to report. Um, uh, uh, Why won't you let me just sell? That's what you really want me to do is a sell. I I really think that lots of times, just like in sales, we have this idea that value is in the eye of the beholder. We have salespeople think this is valuable, but a rep's like, my, I think this is valuable. I think the same dynamic sometimes might happen between sales leaders and salespeople is there a way that you can make it so people, so reps, salespeople see those one-on-ones as something that I can't miss this? Any tips or best practices on how you do that? Yeah. So, so just like going back to that, I think that it happens when the one-on-one is about the sales leader. It's about getting the forecast, what deals mm. are coming in this month or this quarter. And, um, the reps are like, can you just pull it in, in Salesforce or HubSpot or whatever? Like, I, I got things to do, you know? And so um, it's not actually helping them, you know, talk through next steps or strategize or prepare for their next demo or coaching on a certain skill um, or giving call feedback, you know, that those are the things in my eyes are, are what would actually be valuable of, hey, how can I help you? And how can we get this deal done 
what are next steps, let's talk through this um, versus what's coming in. Um, and I think so often those conversations are centered around the the sales leader. Um, and, and also too, it's, I've been a part of them too, where it hasn't necessarily built up the sales rep. So I want my reps to come out of those meetings, energized, focused on what they need to do um, and confident and like, let's effing go. Like I got this. Yes. I'm ready to get on the phones. Like Maria just built me up. See, I think that's the thing. I, I, and I think all of our listeners should think about this. Every single person listening to the show does coaching, right? We all do coaching. I think it's what you just said. What are we talking about? Are we talking about the past or are we talking about the future? And, you know, your system about having accountability and consistency. Yeah, we need to start by like, how do we do? But I think we should try to keep it to 10%. So if like, if you have a 30 minute one-on-one, you got three to five minutes to talk about the past. So I got 25 minutes to talk about what's next. If it's an hour one-on-one, you got, Hell yeah. you got six minutes to talk about the past. And I want 54 to talk about how we're going to help you kick more ass than you would have kicked on your own. Okay. And I think that's where we miss oh, yeah. it. We miss it because we report the past instead of plan for the future. And if we made this about strategic planning and growth that way, instead of just like reporting what's already in HubSpot or Salesforce, as you said so well, I think that flips the switch almost immediately. Wow. I never thought of it like that, but you're so, so right, Rob. It really is like, you know, like thinking about the future and what they can actually do versus versus the past and, and what's needed for the sales leader. That's, that's incredible. That's a great distinction. And if we, if all we did was we made it. So those one ones, I love how you said it. Every person listening to you right now, uh, Maria should be asking themselves. Here's the question I want everyone to ask themselves. What percent of my reps are eye rolling when they look at the one-on-one, right? How many eye rollers do you got versus like my eyes are narrow and like, I'm focused. I'm like, this is my this is my one meeting I have that's only about me and my success. All the rest of my meetings are about other customers and the company and all this stuff. This is my one meeting that's about me. And yeah. I'm going to make sure we look into the future. And I want my leader to help me know what activities I should change or what skills I need to develop so I can get there faster. And if that's all we did, then your yeah. advice that you've shared is a game changer for every listener to this show. So thank you. Oh, yeah. And ask your reps, too. Ask your reps. Say, hey, I gave you some constructive feedback on that call. Give me some feedback. Is this a good use of your time? Was this 30 minutes well spent? Was this an hour well spent? Don't, you know, don't try to make me feel good about it. What would make this a good use of your time? What could we work on? Um, Because you might have a distorted vision about that. So we're about out of time. And I know that we're running up on it. And I apologize. But I got one more thing I want to ask you before we wrap this the way we wrap with most people, if that's okay. First of all, your insights on coaching are money. Let's do it, Rob. I love your insights on coaching. So here's my question. You started this thing by giving credit to a sales leader that was a difference maker in your career, which I love. That's like my favorite topic is if we should be difference makers. <laughs> you talked about the role. You know, I loved your definition of role. You're very unique. Most people don't have that good, uh, that kind of a role that you have. I want to ask you this one question. Why should a leader want to be a difference maker? Like, why should that be something that is part of who they think they are uh, to be a difference maker in the lives of the people? Because there's so few difference makers. There are so many managers that manage a spreadsheet and keep things on the rails. But a difference maker is an influencer. And it's not an influencer on how many likes do you have. The influencer is, can I influence where they go or how fast they go? Should they want to be a difference maker and why? Yeah. Wow. You're going to get me like emotional on this question, Rob. I think that, you know, we only have so much time on earth. I mean, it sounds so cliche. It sounds stupid. Like, but really like when you go to bed at night and think about like how you're spending your time, like, are you really making an impact? And like, for me, I want that to be my legacy. I want to, you know, look back on my career at the end of my life and say, Hey, yeah, I helped this person achieve this. I helped them land this job or get promoted or, you know, afford to buy a home for their family or, and take care of the people they love. And, and so, um, so yeah, absolutely. If you don't want that, then you probably shouldn't be a sales leader. 
I'm really glad to hear you say that because I think there's a lot of managers out there, Maria. There's, there's a lot of managers and there are very few difference makers. And those people that are difference makers become legend, right? And so you've had a legend in your career. You've yeah. been a legend to many, many people. And, and I want to thank you for coming on and challenging people to be legendary like that. So let's real fast, rapid fire. I can't wait to get your take on how we wrap this up and then we'll shut this down. And, and hopefully we'll have a lot of people that are inspired to be, become better coaches because of what you shared with them today. So you ready? Yeah, you're okay, so here, fine. Here we go. Biggest sales leadership challenge and how do you beat it? I think like we've talked about today, it's, it's coaching, right? Um, it's creating that environment. So yeah, I think that you can beat it by, again, asking your, your reps, hey, is this a good use of my time? What's standing in your way of success? What, what barriers can I remove for you? Yeah, I, I'm not surprised you went there. I actually suspected that's what you'd say. You're right. We have a coaching problem. If you get good at it, you're legend, right? So number two. You've built lots yeah. of teams. When you build teams, do you have an interview question or topic that you like? And what are you go what what are you looking for when you ask it? Sure. Um, I like to ask, how did you prepare for this interview? Um, and I asked that question because one, it shows that how much they care if, if they invested time in it. And it also tells me how they'd prepare and invest time in the meetings with prospects and clients, um, because, you know, that's the one thing that they have control over is like the research and the preparation that they've done. And so I really, really value that. And that tells me a lot about you as a sales rep. No one has ever said that before. You're the first person to say that. So that's super cool. <laughs> Thank you for contributing to our list of awesome interview questions. Cause that's, that's a first timer on that one. Okay. Last one. Leaders quite often are leaders and the great ones like you have told me you never get done tired. You never get tired trying to grow. Is there like a book that you would recommend or something else that you would recommend for people that want to accelerate their leadership journey? Yes. So my favorite leadership book, I didn't read it because I wanted to learn about leadership, but because I wanted to learn about CrossFit and I wanted to get better at, at powerlifting. But this book is called Chasing Excellence. It's a story of building the world's fittest athletes by Ben Bergeron. Um, and yeah. he, it, it's amazing. Just trust me. Read the Google summary on online. It's, it's a great book for readers or for people that are trying to get better at their craft and, and focus on what they have control over. That's a brand new one for me. That's, that's new for me. So I'm going to order it as soon as we get done with this. I'm going to order it today. And, and you can hold me accountable to get you a, a take on what I thought. Okay. Awesome. I would love that, Rob. Love your take. All right. Her name is Maria Bross. She uh, is turning heads everywhere by how she, the way she's building sales leadership systems. She's become a difference maker to so many people. And I love her, her approach to coaching and development of people rather than chasing and, uh, and, and pulling down of numbers. Um, Maria, how do they get more of you? How do they connect to you? How do they pick up what you're putting down? How do they follow you? Cause I follow you. You're a terrific follow. How do they get more of that? Absolutely. So connect with me on LinkedIn. I don't think I've ever denied a request. I love meeting other sales reps, other sales leaders. I've got a ton to learn as a sales leader myself. So I would love to learn from you. Um, and I hope you connect with me and message me. Okay. Find her on LinkedIn, connect. Um, she, like I said, she's turning heads everywhere she goes. Uh, helping redefine what great coaching actually means. Oh. And most importantly, she's becoming a difference maker to the lives of those she leads. Her name's Maria Bross. I hope you all follow her. And as I say to everyone, Maria, happy selling. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United, part of the Jepson Performance Group. And if you're like most leaders, you've got killer sales process, proven sales tools, and great sales training in place, but you've been left on your own to figure out your sales leadership process, sales leadership tools, and sales leadership training. And while there's no shortcuts to success, you can for sure get there faster if you take the most direct route. 
And that's why I created Sales Leadership United as a resource center for every sales leader, no matter how long you've been leading sales teams. Listen, if you liked the content of this podcast, you're going to love the sales leadership content in our community for sales leaders, Sales Leadership United. You can find it on Patreon, and it's like a Home Depot for sales leaders. You'll find video excerpts of this and all our podcasts in three to five minute segments, all tagged and organized by topic to help you in your individual sales leadership journey. You're going to find my very best content, over 100 hours of sales leadership training materials, sales meeting ideas, leadership and coaching systems, and much, much more. You can find everything you need in Sales Leadership United. So don't go try to reinvent sales leadership. Tap into the proven training and proven techniques used by some of the most successful sales leaders in the world and head to Sales Leadership United today. I also want to thank you, our listeners. We had nearly 35,000 downloads in March alone, and the show just keeps growing faster. And it's mind-boggling to me that the show is now being listened to by so many sales leaders in so many countries all around the world. And, And many of you have told me you've listened to every single one of our over 180 episodes now. So thank you, because there is no show without you. I do this because of you. I love the sales leadership community, and I'm so grateful that so many of you find this show helpful. I love those emails. I love those direct messages. Keep them coming, and thank you for your support. Your support has been humbling. It's been inspiring, and I promise you I will keep bringing killer guests to you every single week. Now, How great was that conversation with Maria? I've been trying to have her on the show for a while now, and I'm so glad she was willing to join me and share her insights as she starts her new gig with Revenue.io. This this episode was about one of my very favorite topics. It was all about coaching. But if all you got was what she shared at the very beginning, then you got some great stuff to consider. Because she starts this episode by saying she wasn't a natural-born salesperson. She was told she was too nice, not cut out for sales, to go find something else until she found what she called a great coach and leader. And that person was the difference maker. That person invested in her, helped develop her, was what this person most certainly was not, was someone who just managed her. And because of this experience of being led and developed, Maria now is a leader who is passionate about learning and growth. Not because she just likes it conceptually, but because she experienced it firsthand and wants to provide to others what was provided to her. You see, Maria is one of the lucky ones. She had a difference maker help her in her career. And most of the time, sales leaders, we do what was done to us. That's why most sales leaders just end up managing and resorting back to the numbers game and the dashboards and the spreadsheets and the leaderboards. So... Her approach to coaching is something I would suggest you take seriously because it's about connection. It's about clarity. It's about empowerment and, 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 and environment. And it's something that helped her become a difference maker in the lives of many, many people she's led. So my advice, go back and check this one out. Take notes, be introspective. And I'd suggest revisiting what you think your role is as a sales leader. That might've been my favorite part of this whole conversation when I asked her, what do you think the role of a sales leader is? And she didn't bat an eye, and she wasn't prepped for that. And she came back with two things, and I thought that answer was so awesome. It's, I, I, I want to shine a light on that for each of you really quickly. Answer one was a responsibility to our people, and, and item two was a responsibility to our customers. And so let's dive into the responsibility to the people really quickly. Her answer was very direct. Create an environment to achieve goals and achieve what you want in life. I'm going to say it again. Create an environment where you can achieve goals and achieve what you want in life. Man, I love that. Notice how she didn't say hit a number as a team. It was about developing people to become that best version of them. And the responsibility to the customer, also simple. Give them the best experience possible. And listen, if you can do both of those, and I would probably say in that order, you will have a massive impact. I love her emphasis on environment. There are a lot of things that go into environment. and you, You're never going to accidentally have a strong environment. Culture is part of environment. There's a lot of other things that go into environment. You're only going to get the environment that you build because what you permit is what you promote. And she shared a great blueprint, that one that's worth going back and checking out. 
It starts with environment. It finishes with empowerment. But my advice again, never stop elevating your coaching game. That's one of the things I like about Maria. She's done amazing things. She's turned tons of heads. She's going places fast, and it's well-deserved. But it's because she never stops growing. She never stops upping her game. And so I want you to never stop elevating how you coach. Just like you never want your reps to never stop elevating their sales game. I want you to really think about this. Coaching is a skill. It's not something that either you have or you don't. It is 100% a skill. One that you need to always keep working on. So go create that environment. And part of that environment needs to be this commitment to growth, this commitment to intentional improvement. And and in order for that to happen, you're going to have to connect to each person. Connect to each individual on your team. Help them choose growth and help them intentionally improve. Every week, every month, every quarter, all year long. Maria, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for choosing to share your insights on coaching with us this week. I love your attitude in general towards leadership. I'm so pumped we got to have you on our show. I wish you so much success in your new role, and I cannot wait to have you back to dive even deeper. So if you haven't connected with Maria, be sure to do so. She's a fantastic sales leader and one who's happy to help others if they ever reach out. So reach out, connect to her, follow her advice, and never stop working to make sure your approach to coaching is personal because you need to connect before you even think about trying to correct something with a member of your team. Finally, Thanks to each of you, our listeners. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. It goes a long way in helping me continue to get the best guests in the world on our show. But the best compliment you can give, it's to share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Share the show with someone who needs to hear it, and then go be elite. Live strong. Chase your passions. And don't worry, just execute, because we got you. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.